Hello there, and welcome to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. You're joining me at this festive time of year for a very special Christmas edition of the podcast. Series 5 is going to be a little bit different from previous seasons. To celebrate the winter holiday season, for the next four weeks, I'm going to be reading a different piece of Yuletide erotica in each episode. Four weeks, four erotic Christmas stories. What could be more Christmassy than that? If you've tuned in before, you'll know that I haven't read any of these stories ahead of time. I don't know what's going to happen in them. I haven't even decided on all the stories I'm going to do yet, but the first one I'm going to do is a story called Good King Wenceslas, which I liked because of its subtitle, The Good King with a Bad Side. Just like all the stories featured on this podcast, I found Good King Wenceslas on literotica.com. The author of this story is called Miss Jane. And they've got 12 or 13 stories on their profile. If you want to check their stuff out for yourself, get into the back catalogue, then you can do that by searching for Miss Jane as an author on the platform. Good King Wenceslas, a good king with a bad side, was written all the way back in 2005. It's got 8.3 thousand words, so it is a little bit of a longer story, but hopefully it'll be worth it. It's got a 4.51 rating, which I think is enough for it to be rated H for hot. It's had 49.1 thousand views, 31 likes, and there are 7 comments for us to get stuck into at the end. Before we kick off the story, I want to say thank you very much for tuning in for another series of this podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy Good King Wenceslas, the good king with a bad side. The winter's here to stay Santa's on his way, he's coming on his sleigh, can you hear the angels say, let's get sexy, come on, it's Christmas, let's get sexy, you don't want to miss this. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, oh yeah, your Christmas episode, like and subscribe and then. A festive tale of Christmas cheer A sexy way to end the year Let's get sexy, come on, it's Christmas Let's get sexy, you don't want to miss this Let's get sexy, come on, it's Christmas Let's get sexy, you don't want to miss this Good King Wenceslas looked out of the frosted window from atop the tower of his castle. The snow had come early this year, and there was no sign it was going to let up any time soon. Snowdrifts nearly twenty feet high had accumulated round the outer walls of the castle, making the king a virtual prisoner. Usually at this time of year, the king paid visits to his subjects, extending his Christmas greetings and well-wishes along with his usual Christmas gifts. The people of his kingdom always looked forward to seeing their kind and generous king especially at this time of year. Everyone except the young women he fancied, and took, without a second thought, to the back room of the cottage he happened to be visiting at the time for a romp and sexual release that the king always craved. However, with the winter so harsh, he was unable to fulfil his yearly self-imposed obligation. This year, the bushels of food and barrels of ale and wine, and his heavy cum-filled balls, would have to wait a little longer to be delivered. Just as the king turned to leave the window, he noticed some movement outside. 
Wiping the moisture from the glass, he peered out into the bleak snow. Nothing. Scanning as far as he could into the never-ending, wintry white blanket of snow, he saw nothing. Hmm, the king mumbled. I must be imagining things. Beg your pardon, my lord, came a sweet female voice from across the room. The voice made his cock twitch. After all, it was his favourite wench who was alone in the banquet hall with him. He chose this servant to finish preparing his meal because he knew that at any time he might want to fuck her, and that she would satisfy his carnal urges. She stood at about five foot three, with large round breasts, a small thin waist, and a large rounded bottom. He loved her hourglass figure, and she had plenty to offer, plenty of places to fuck, and plenty to hold on to at the same time. Her sky-blue eyes and long fiery red hair only made her that much more appealing to him. Oh, nothing. I just saw something from outside, but I believe it's my mind playing tricks on me. Wishful thinking, I guess, the king said, still searching for a hint of movement outside. Yes, my lord, replied the voice, turning from the window. The king surveyed his banquet hall. This year it would be empty except for the king and his faithful servants. The scent of a large pine tree filled the room as it stood in the corner, adorned with brightly coloured pieces of fruit as ornaments, thin strands of silk draped over the tips of the branches, reflecting the flames of the fire, and the candle spread throughout the hall. Brightly decorated baskets and wooden toys surrounded the bottom of the tree. The king made sure everything would have been ready, should any of his guests arrive, but for this Christmas Eve the gifts would sit until the children of the nearby village would be able to travel to the castle, and the women would be allowed another day or two of peace, before the king arrived to exert his power and dominance over them. The emptiness of the banquet hall only served to remind the king of the extreme horniness he was feeling. By this time last year on Christmas Eve, the king had already had his way with half a dozen women or more, and the majority of his female servants. The only ones that the king had not royally fucked were either too old for his liking, or too large. The king liked his women on the petite side, and young. He so looked forward to Christmas, and this would be the first year that the halls and the castle would not ring with the sounds and voices of children, and the cries and moans of the women he was fucking. Returning his attention to the noises in the banquet hall, King Wenceslas quietly stood watching his faithful and devoted servant, as she finished setting out the evening meal. The king was a very regal and statuesque figure. Standing a dominant six foot three, the king possessed strikingly piercing pale blue eyes, sandy blonde hair, and a thick but trimmed beard and moustache. His physique was impressive. Broad shoulders, muscular V-shaped torso, and powerful thighs. His cock was equally impressive. Flaccid, it hung at least four inches down his thigh, and hard, it was nine and a half inches long, with a seven-inch girth. The king enjoyed all the activities that kept him in immaculate physical condition, and he was considered to be the most handsome king in all the land. All throughout his reign, he had been offered many choices for a wife from other kingdoms near and far. He had experienced the love and adoring attention of many women in his life, and was far from inexperienced. But none of them had been able to make him feel the urge to make one of them his own. The king possessed everything he'd ever wanted or desired. Hearing a deep growl from his stomach, the king turned and again faced the window. "'How much longer before our Christmas Eve meal will be ready, wench?' he asked. "'I'm sorry, my lord. Only a few minutes more,' the servant replied, nervously and hastily finishing the task of setting out the food. The king closed his eyes and hung his head. At this time, nothing would have made him happier than to have a woman or two on their knees in front of him, worshipping his big cock. 
He loved to hear the slurping and licking noises of multiple mouths pleasuring him, and looking down on them as he made them masturbate each other at the same time. His cock stiffened as he thought about when he would have the pleasure of taking a common villager in her own home, while her family listened in the next room. The king stood for a moment at the window in silence, rubbing his hard cock through his pants, while the only other noises in the room were the crackling of the fire in the stone hearth, and the petticoats of the servant, bustling as she finished the dinner preparations. Sighing heavily with his hand now inside his pants and stroking his cock, the king lifted his head and looked outside. His eyes widened as he saw again some slight movement. "'Come here, wench. Do you see that?' he asked. She hurried to the window, and standing up on her toes, looked out. "'I'm sorry, my lord, but I don't see anything. May I ask what it is you saw?' "'Down there. Looks like a person is out in the snow. That heap in the snowdrift doesn't look like it should be there,' the king replied. "'Look closely.' She pressed her nose to the icy cold window, and looked out intently. The king grinned at her naivety, as he turned around to see her leaning forward, her full plump breasts almost popping out of her low-cut ruffled blouse her firm and round ass poking out behind her. Rubbing his cock again, he quietly stepped behind her as she peered out of the window. Grabbing her hips, he pulled her back against him, almost making her lose her balance. "'Oh, my lord, you startled me!' she exclaimed. Reaching around her body, she pulled the ruffled edge of her blouse down, freeing her large breasts. He immediately grabbed at her stiffening nipples, twisting them hard, digging his fingers into her breasts. "'You know what I want from you, don't you, wench?' The king hissed in her ear. "'Yes, my lord,' she replied quietly. Reaching around her, she lifted her skirt and petticoats up, exposing her bare ass and pussy to him. "'Ah, what a good wench! You remembered I want you to keep yourself ready for me at all times,' the king complimented, admiring her pale skin. Sliding his hand down and around her body, the king rubbed her pussy, feeling how wet she had already become. Loosening his pants just enough to free his cock, the king pulled himself out, and with one swift stroke dove deep into his wench. With nothing to hold on to for support, she tried desperately to maintain her balance as the king fucked her mercilessly. Fucking from behind had always been his favourite position, as he could have total control over his woman. Sliding a hand up her back, he pushed her down at the shoulders, making her bend over at the waist. She placed her hands on the floor as the king dove deep into her, lifting her onto her toes. With more powerful thrusts, the king grunted, his seed filling her tight pussy. Feeling his cock throbbing and releasing his torrents of cum inside her made her orgasm too, her own muscles contracting and milking him. Ah, much the better, the king said proudly. Now, clean me. She turned quickly and dropped to her knees, her body still trembling slightly. Staring at his balls, she licked him up and down, with strokes of her tongue along the length of his cock. Up and down, up and down. Looking up at him, she smiled as she took the massive head of his cock into her mouth and sucked the remaining droplets of his cum, swallowing it. "'Thank you, my lord,' she said, remembering that she must now show her appreciation to the king for him taking her, any time, anywhere. She'd learned long ago of his insatiable sexual appetite, and she knew what was expected of her. "'Excellent. Now, is the Christmas Eve dinner ready yet?' he asked with a satisfied smile, turning to look out of the window again. "'Just another minute, my lord,' came her reply as she stood, flattening the bustles of her skirt and replacing her breasts inside her blouse. As she turned to hurry back to the table, the king grabbed her arm and pulled her to the window again. "'Did you see that?' the king asked, pointing out of the window. With her eyes wide open, she turned to the king. "'Yes, my lord, I did.' Without another word spoken, the king turned and headed for the large wooden door. 
Throwing a long woollen wrap over his shoulders, he picked up a candle and ventured down the long spiral stone staircase. A couple of his servants saw the king descending the stairs and quickly followed. The chill in the air made them shiver all over as they reached a small side entrance to the castle. This door was known only to the king and a few of his most trusted servants. From the outside, it appeared like the stone outer wall, but on the inside, it was adorned with steel bars and padlocks. Holding the candles close to the keyhole, the ice began to melt, dripping onto the rock floor below. With enough of the ice melted, the king and his servants laboured to open the door, followed by a large snowdrift falling inside the doorway. They ploughed through the snow until they reached the outer edge of the cliff. Wading and struggling through the snow, the king and his servants finally reached the unusual heap. Wiping the snow away, they had only to dig a couple of inches before their hands felt what was most definitely not snow. Looking at each other, they dug deeper. Taking a hold of a small handful of cloth, the king pulled and uncovered a face. He inhaled deeply when he saw it was the face of a young woman, a beautiful young woman. The whiteness of her face was shocking. The king knelt down and brushed the wisps of hair away from her eyes, uncovering her face completely. She was lovely, even in this half-frozen state. Her almost white blonde hair barely showed from under the wrap covering her head. Unsure if she was even still breathing, or even alive, the king and his servants quickly brushed off the snow covering this flaxen beauty. Lifting her into his arms, the king had no trouble carrying this mystery woman back to the side entrance of the castle. As the king carried the young woman in his arms, he noticed how small she felt in his arms, but as he pulled her close, he could feel the roundness of her bosom against his body. A wicked grin soon came over his lips, as his mind began to fill with carnal thoughts. You may bring anyone downstairs you require to make sure the door is closed again, the king instructed. I will take her upstairs and wrap her in blankets to warm her. Yes, my lord, right away, my lord, the dutiful servants replied, bounding up the stairs ahead of the king. The king strode up the stairs, taking two, sometimes three at a time. Time was of the essence. He had no idea how long this woman had been outside in the cold, but he was going to do everything he could for her. Entering the warm room at the top of the tower, the king kicked some blankets to the floor and pushed them around, making a soft layer in front of the crackling fire. Not even thinking to lay his beauty down, he gathered a few pillows and knelt, carefully laying her atop the blankets, her head resting on the softest pillow. Looking closely at this woman he'd found outside in the snow, he carefully covered her with blankets, his eyes never leaving her face for one second. He was mesmerised by her stunning beauty, even as she lay unconscious before him. He felt his cock twitching while entranced by her. Bursting into the room, the servants who were out in the snow with the king cried out, It's done, my lord, the door is closed. The servants whispered among themselves, I wonder who she is. What's she doing out there? Silence! the king bellowed. I will not listen to your chatter. Yes, yes my, my lord, lord, the servants replied in unison. What would you like us to do, my lord? one of them asked. I'm not sure there's anything either of us can do. Except wait, the king replied. I believe we have done as much as we can for now. We can only hope that she will make it through the evening and be with us on Christmas. The king stood and looked down, studying every curve of her face, memorising it, taking in her beauty. He stood quietly for several minutes before speaking again. I do not want to think back on our future Christmas Eves and remember this as the night we found a young woman frozen outside the castle. Yes, my lord, indeed, my lord, the servants replied. I think she will need rest, but for now, I wish you all to stay and dine with me while I watch over her, the king said with a loud, booming and jovial voice. 
the servants all smiled at one another, following the king to the dining table. Go, bring everyone in, so we may all enjoy this food. After all, what is Christmas without giving and sharing? One of the servants disappeared, his voice echoing down the hallway. Come on, everyone, his majesty wants all of us to join him to eat. The room quickly filled with the king's servants. Everybody already knew their place at the table, and stood behind their chairs waiting for the king to be seated, and to give them permission to sit. The king took another look over at the woman sleeping near the fireplace, wrapped in the blankets. With a nod of the head, the servants all took their seats, and looked towards the king. Smiling at the two female servants on either side of him, they rose from their seats and began piling food onto the king's dinner plate. They vied for the king's attention, leaning close to him, angling their bodies to face him, each trying to tempt him with their barely covered cleavage. Accidentally dropping a roll into the king's lap, a small-framed blonde servant smiled innocently as she retrieved it, making a point of rubbing his bulging cock as she did so. The king took her hand and pulled it downwards, indicating to her to kneel and crawl beneath the table. Beaming a smile at him, she gathered up her skirt, lifting it high enough to let him see her blonde pubic hair, and then crawled beneath the table. With one hand, the king reached down and opened his pants, the other picking up a roll and sinking his teeth into it. The blonde servant giggled as she pulled her king's growing cock towards her. She was one of the more talented servants when it came to oral pleasure, and she knew it. The king never passed up an opportunity to have this naughty servant service him, and she took such enjoyment and pleasure in doing it. Leaning as far forward as possible, she took the head of the cock into her mouth, lovingly sucking it. Her lips puckered as she slid the king's cock in and out, her hand masterfully stroking in a perfect rhythm with her mouth. Scooting right between the king's knees, the servant lowered her head, engulfing his cock. The king moaned as he felt a hot little mouth so expertly taking him down her throat. She massaged and caressed his balls while she slurped loudly. All the servants knew exactly what was going on, and they tried to ignore the noises and mental images flooding their minds as best they could, but it was hopeless. The male servants' cocks had begun to harden, and many lowered a hand, adjusting and rubbing themselves. A couple of them had been lucky enough to be on the receiving end of the blonde's oral talents themselves, and knew what incredible feelings the king was experiencing. But for now, as the king was not in the sharing mood, their sexual frustration would have to be taken care of later on. Sucking more intently, the servant moaned at her king's cock sliding in and out of her mouth. How she relished it! She adored how he slid between her lips, across the surface of her tongue and down her throat. The king, unable to hold his seed back much longer, sat upright and pushed her mouth down onto his cock, her chin resting against his heavy cum-filled balls. Not expecting his forcefulness, she gagged, but soon accommodated him. He thrust his hips up, pushing more of his rod down her throat, his balls emptying into her. Gulping down every drop of cum, careful not to dribble any from her mouth, she moaned satisfactorily as she swallowed mouthful after mouthful. Thank you, my lord, she said, smiling. Stroking her hair, the king just looked down at her and smiled. That was all the praise she required, and after carefully tucking his softening cock into his pants, she crawled back out from under the table and took her seat as if nothing out of the ordinary had occurred. Of course, on special occasions in the banquet hall, sucking the king's cock while everyone else dined was not out of the ordinary for her. Taking his time to watch as his servants ate and talked amongst themselves, the king found his attention returning to the sleeping woman by the fireplace. He still wanted to find out more, but until she woke, there wouldn't be much chance of that happening. The king sat and watched her, not taking his eyes off her. One of the servants offered a few platters of food to the king, but he set each one to the table without selecting anything. Sensing the king's impatience about the woman, 
one by one, the servants rose, bowed in the way expected of them, and slipped away, leaving the king staring intently at the woman wrapped in blankets on the floor in front of the fireplace. It took the king several minutes to realise he was alone. He walked to the corner of the room and stood beside the Christmas tree. He traced his fingertips along some of the strands of silk, watching the dancing candle flames reflect off them. This only kept his attention for a few seconds, before his overwhelming urge to have this young woman took control, and the king walked towards her sleeping body. Sitting beside her, the king suddenly felt a wave of compassion come over him. Usually, a sleeping woman was no reason for him to hold back his lust and desire. Normally, the king would mount and begin to fuck her ruthlessly, having her awakened to him inside her. The king sat for a few minutes on the blankets. He lifted her limp and almost lifeless body into his arms, cradling her. She looked so small, so helpless. He pulled her to his body and closed his eyes, slowly rocking back and forth as if he was rocking a baby to sleep. He was startled to hear a quiet moan come from the bundle in his arms and looked down, hoping for another. As he waited for more sounds of life, images of him and this beauty laying in his arms filled his mind. He thought about how it would feel to be kissing her lips, how her small body would feel during an explosion of ecstasy, how she would look as she lay beneath him amid the throes of passionate love-making. His shaft quickly began to respond to his thoughts, and he felt her blanket-wrapped body rubbing against him through his clothes. Another moan escaped her lips as she moved slightly. It was the first time she'd moved since being brought into the castle. The king felt his heart leap and his cock surge, his happiness and excitement making him smile. He knew it was only a matter of time before she would eventually open her eyes, and he wanted to be the first thing she would see when she woke. The whiteness of her skin had slowly turned to a pale pink. Her cheeks were becoming more rosy as the warmth returned to her. He pulled her tightly to him, slowly stroking her cheeks, feeling the warmth return to her once lifeless body. Still fully aware of his arousal, he sat with the hardness of his erect cock, pressing against the insides of his clothes and up against the woman he held. He looked into her face as her eyelids began to flutter slightly. Wake up, he whispered. Her eyelids partially opened as she turned her head around and moaned. Resting his finger on her cheek, he turned her face back towards him. He was determined to look into her eyes as she regained consciousness. The king held her head slowly as she opened her eyes again. It took a few seconds for her to realise that she was completely unaware of her surroundings. Kicking and squirming, she tried to free herself of the blankets and this stranger's firm hold of her. Her efforts to unravel herself were fruitless. Her whole body wriggled and fought to be free. Be still, the king said quietly. I will not hurt you. You are safe. And more importantly, you're out of the cold and snow now. His soothing voice made her relax, and his hold on her eased. Almost as quickly as she had awakened, her eyes closed. With a long sigh, her body went completely limp once again. The king held her against his body, and he closed his eyes, content that she was now out of danger. Also, he had seen the intense fire in her eyes, and a little of the spirit she possessed. The king sat patiently, his manhood rock-hard, aching and twitching, as he thought about the beautiful woman he'd found in the snow. He wanted more than anything to unwrap her body from the blankets and undress her, to fuck her until he was finished with her, to use her body for his own selfish wants and needs. His desire for her was increasing with every breath she took. The king closed his eyes and thought about how her body would look completely naked. He wanted her. He was on the verge of removing her clothes and fucking her until she regained consciousness, and to hell with her feelings. After all, as king, he had the opportunity and will to take anything and anyone he wanted at any time. His breathing quickened as the king noticed small beads of perspiration forming on his beauty's forehead. 
he quickly unwrapped one of the blankets and cast it aside. With the blanket gone, he could more easily make out the form of her body. He opened up the front of the next blanket and could see the roundness of her breasts rising and falling as she breathed. Once again, he felt his cock aching for release from its confinement, straining in his pants. Leaning his head closer, he kissed her forehead, his eyes never leaving her rising and falling mounds. He smiled as he imagined his lips kissing her breasts. He thought how soft her skin must be, how delightful it would be to suck her nipples and feel them harden in his mouth, to sink his teeth into them and hear her whimper from the combined pain and pleasure. The king slipped one hand under the edge of the blanket and rested it on her stomach, moving it from side to side. He watched her face as his hand crept up her body, reaching the underside of her breasts. Pausing for a moment, he thought of what he was doing and grinned mischievously to himself. As much as he loved a woman to react to his touch, having the chance to see and feel her was so incredibly appealing. Releasing her from his arms, the king stood and walked to the door, locking it. Returning to the woman still sleeping on the blankets, the king knelt down beside her and unwrapped the remaining blankets. He took a few seconds to look her over. He could so very easily see the shape of her body, barely covered in the thin and worn clothes. Again, he felt his cock aching and straining against his clothes. Moving over her, he straddled her body. She looked so small beneath him. Taking a knife off the table nearby, he lifted the hem of her blouse and sliced upwards, the thin fabric falling to her sides. The king inhaled deeply as he saw the shadow of her nipples and areolas through her thin white chemise. Her breasts were much larger than he had imagined, and he reached out, cupping them both, his thumbs grazing over the already hard nipples. His soon-to-be conquest lay under his large frame, a quiet moan escaping her full red lips. Again, taking his knife, he sliced through the thin white fabric, exposing the pale flesh of this beauty which lay beneath him. He marvelled at the sight of her, fully exposed from the waist up, sleeping, and unaware of the pleasures and rapture she would soon experience. The king took a hold of her firm breasts. They were indeed a handful. Digging his fingers into the firm flesh, he rolled and twisted her hard nipples between forefinger and thumb. Releasing his hold of one of her breasts, the king opened his pants, taking out his rock-hard cock. A drop of precum had already covered the tip. He leaned forward and rubbed his cock all over her breasts, slapping it on her hard nipples. The king loved to see his manhood bouncing up and down on her mounds, and he chuckled to himself. He was going to enjoy seeing it sliding between them, her pretty little mouth licking the tip as he pushed it up and down between them. The king groaned loudly. He wanted to prolong his coming. He wanted to save that pleasure for her delightful little pussy. He thought how exquisite it would be for him to take her virginity and hoped it was still intact. Oh yes, the king said to himself, it's going to be such a pleasure having you all to myself, my love. The king took hold of her breasts with both hands again, his cock resting on her stomach. Not letting go, the king slid backwards. He bent over, lowering his head to just above her. Releasing his hold of one of her round globes, he sucked the freed nipple into his mouth. The hardness of this beauty's nipple between his lips caused his cock to jerk. He licked and sucked it, gently at first, but increasing in veracity and greed. Suddenly, he felt her body tense and heard a loud gasp. Lifting his head, her nipple popped away from between his lips. He was greeted by the smack of her hand on the side of his head, and a scream. Lunging to cover her mouth with one hand, he grabbed the one smacking at him and held it firmly with the other. Shush, the king uttered. There's nothing to be frightened of. I will not harm you. He looked into her eyes as they filled with fear. She wriggled, trying to free herself, but that in itself was hopeless. She was no match for him, and she knew it. Will you remain silent? 
She nodded. Will you scream again? She shook her head. Now, when I let go of you, you must promise you will not try to escape. Again, she nodded. As the king removed his hand from her mouth, her eyes stayed locked in a stare with his. Gently stroking her hair and trailing a fingertip down her cheek, the king smiled. You are so incredibly beautiful. I have to know more about you. But for right now... His words trailed off as he lowered himself onto her, kissing her deeply. His tongue traced the outline of her lips, eventually pushing between them. She slowly opened her mouth wider, inviting him to explore her mouth deeper. She felt her body beneath him as she pushed her chest upwards, her firm breasts pressing harder against his chest. His erection was throbbing painfully, and he ground his hips against her. His hands moved up and down her sides, feeling the roundness of her breasts being crushed from the weight of his body. His lips never left her skin as he kissed her cheeks, down and all around her neck. She was amazed at the gentleness of his ways, and responded by tilting her head back, offering her neck completely to him, and moaning quietly. Sliding down her body, the king kissed and nibbled at her neck, slowly working his way down. Trailing his tongue over her skin, he heard her gasp, and he took one nipple into his mouth. Gently squeezing her breast, he curled his tongue around the nipple, closing his teeth on it. When he felt her hands on his head, her fingers running through his hair, he knew that she was his. The king smiled to himself as he moved to her other breast, treating her other nipple to the same sensations. Lifting his head, he looked at her face. She smiled innocently and blushed, her cheeks turning bright red. You are so beautiful. It's going to be such a pleasure, the king whispered, his words trailing off as he looked her up and down. Thank you, my lord. Oh, I mean, thank you, your majesty, she replied quietly. Her acknowledgement of his regal title made him smile. So, you know who I am, and where you are, he asked. Yes, your majesty, I know who you are, but I'm unsure of where I am, she replied quietly. Am I? Her words were interrupted by a shush from the king and a kiss on the lips. This time, the kiss wasn't as gentle. The king's intensity and urgency to take her was so very evident. Pushing a hand between their bodies, the king slipped it inside the waist of her skirt and down between her legs. The few petticoats she wore were as thin and flimsy as her chemise, and all it took was a swift flick of the wrist to rip them from her body. Her whole body tensed, and she tried to turn away from the kiss. Positioning one knee between her legs, the king forcefully spread them. She whimpered into his mouth, but to no avail. The weight of his body, his strength and power, she was helpless. She quickly realised the futility of trying to resist him, and reluctantly gave way to her increasing desire. The tension from her body subsided as the king slipped a finger between her moist folds. She'd never felt a man's touch there, and she knew that she had a duty to do as the king asked, whether she wanted to or not. She trembled as his fingers explored her wetness, lightly stroking and caressing her. The king lifted his head from hers, breaking their kiss and looking into her eyes. Although it felt as if she was yielding to him, he could still see the fire within her. Pushing her legs slightly wider apart, his fingers made their way to her clit. He watched her face carefully as his ministrations brought forth numerous gasps and moans. It took only a few caresses of her swelling bud for her hips to start rising and falling in rhythm with his hand. The king gently pinched and squeezed her clit before using only a forefinger to rub it quickly, gradually applying more pressure to it. His beauty writhed and squirmed beneath him, her gasps and moans becoming louder. Her entire body shuddered as she felt her first ever orgasm moving through her entire body. The king watched her face as her eyes rolled. 
Her mouth opened and closed as she moaned, and her entire body trembled from his touch. He waited and watched as her orgasm swept over her. Allowing her time to catch her breasts, he rolled onto one side, gently caressing her body. He slowly took in every inch of her body with his eyes, her full round breasts rising and falling quickly, her flat stomach leading downwards to a thin blonde bush, her thighs a creamy pale white. Taken in by her stunning beauty, he removed his hand from her body, placing it on the waistband of his pants and quickly pulling them down. Taking off his shirt, the king lay there for only a moment before moving atop her. Feeling the heat radiating from his body, she opened her eyes to see her naked king poised above her. She blushed as his eyes literally burned into hers. Pushing her legs wider than his, he pressed his throbbing cock into her virgin hole. Taking a hold of his shaft, he rubbed the tip up and down, moistening it from her juices, opening her slightly to receive him. Laying on top of her, the king pushed his cock barely an inch into her tight pussy. Her entire body became rigid as she felt the increasing pressure. Relax, my beauty, the king hissed in her ear. Her whimpers continued as the king pushed deeper, her thin vaginal barrier blocking him from entering her further. Looking into her eyes, he thrust deeper, breaking through her hymen, making her cry out in sudden pain. Clutching onto her king, the woman rescued from a potentially cold, wintry death now lay with the one man everyone adored. Tears of both pain and joy combined and trickled from her eyes. Slowly and rhythmically, the king slid in and out of his beauty's tight pussy. His cock was already throbbing, and it took all his control not to explode deep into her. He nuzzled her neck, kissed her passionately, and caressed her body as he drove deeply into her. Her body soon began to respond, her kisses becoming wild and frenzied, her hands roaming his chiselled and muscular body, her hips lifting upwards to meet his deep and powerful thrusts. The king moaned loudly as he drove harder inside her pussy, her virginal tunnel now his. Pushing himself up onto his hands, the king rocked back onto his knees, tucking them beneath him. Wrapping one arm around her body, he swiftly lifted her up, bringing her down onto him, his cock buried balls deep within her. Wrapping her legs around his waist, the mysterious woman whom he'd found outside in the snow now bounced up and down on his manhood, as if she'd been doing it for years. She folded her arms around the neck of the king and kissed him passionately, her tongue pushing into his mouth, searching for his. The king held her tightly against his body, marvelling at the sensations this woman was giving and receiving. Her beauty had definitely captured his eye, and now everything about her was capturing his heart. Sliding his hands up to her shoulders, he pulled her down onto his throbbing cock one last time. Holding her still, his cock erupted, filling her with seed. Her own body shuddered in response to the hot throbbing sensations deep inside her. Both the king and his beauty held onto each other tightly, their breathing rapid, the hands caressing and stroking one another. Cradling her, the king rolled forward and laid her gently onto the blankets on the floor, his body resting on hers. You truly are my gift, the king whispered into her ear, as he placed soft, gentle kisses on her face. She opened up her mouth to speak, but the king placed his finger over her lips. Do not speak, he commanded. Sliding up her body, the king crawled above her, his cock sticky and wet from their combined cum. Clean me, he commanded. She was puzzled, and looked up inquisitively. Clean me, the king repeated. Never before had she seen a man's cock, let alone so close. She looked at it, unsure of what to do. I won't say it again, the king said quietly. Looking around for a cloth, she turned her attention away for a second. No, he said, clean me with your mouth. You will get used to serving me, and without question or hesitation. 
Closing her eyes, the king's latest conquest stuck her tongue outwards just a little and touched it to the underside of his cock. The salty stickiness caught her by surprise, and she grimaced at the taste. Again, the king commanded. She took a deep breath and licked a couple of inches of his flaccid cock. Taking a nervous hold of it, she lifted and lapped at his cock with her tongue. The king chuckled while she quickly licked and cleaned his cock until it was wet from her saliva. Ha, 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 ha. Very good. Now, just remember this. I will take you whenever and wherever I please, and you will always thank me afterwards, the king instructed. Yes, my lord. Thank you, my lord, she whispered. Without saying anything, the king moved off her, positioning himself down next to her. Soon after, the king drifted to sleep, his body moulded behind hers, his arm still holding her close to him. Her eyes scanned the banquet hall, and she saw the table covered with an abundance of food and drink. The large Christmas tree in the corner, decorated so lavishly and surrounded by baskets and toys, the numerous candles with pools of wax at their bases. She closed her eyes and nestled back against the king's body, feeling his arms wrapping tightly around her again. The king woke a few hours later to see his beauty curled up on her side, her back towards him. He reached down and rubbed his rock-hard cock, contemplating how he would take her next. After feeling how she reacted to him previously, the king ached to feel her gentle and still nervous caress. He touched his hand to her back, her skin was as soft as silk, and he gently moved it up and down her spine. Still sleeping, she straightened out her body, arcing her back and moaning. Oh, how he loved her quiet little moan. Taking a hold of her arm, he rolled her over onto her back, and her arms fell away from her body, her large breasts standing proudly from her body, the nipples hard and beckoning. Not wanting to miss another opportunity to suckle her breasts, the king leaned over, taking one nipple into his mouth, the other beneath his palm. Her nipples felt exquisite in his mouth, firm and fleshy. The way she arched her back in subconscious response to him made his cock throb to be inside her again. He knew it was only going to be a matter of time before this beauty would be begging him to enter her, wanting to feel his manhood buried so deeply inside her. Closing his teeth gently around her nipple, his hand grazed down her body, his fingers playing with her thin blonde hair, and slowly parting her moistening folds. Opening her mouth, a soft moan came from her, but she still slept. The king's hand worked slowly down between her lean thighs, reaching her wet pussy. Pushing only a fingertip inside her, he felt a dribble of the seed he'd deposited in her earlier leak from her tidy slit. He smiled to himself as he thought how perfect it would be if she was already nurturing and growing his child in her womb. His Christmas wish would become true. Nothing else could compare to the immense joy he felt at that moment. Continuing his manual penetration, he felt her hips begin to rise and fall with the movement of his hand. Taking a glance at her, the king smiled as she was responding to him in her sleep. Letting go of her nipple in his mouth and removing his finger, the king quietly moved between her legs, pushing them apart gently. Scooping her ass into his hands, he lifted her upwards. As of yet, the king hadn't taken a look at her backside, and he smiled as the handfuls he was holding were firm, but with just the right amount of suppleness. Lowering himself, the king pulled his beauty to him, trailing his tongue along the inside of her thighs, starting from her knee and slowly working upwards. As he neared her soaked pussy, he inhaled deeply. Her scent and the last remnants of his were intoxicating. Extending his tongue, he pushed it between the swollen folds concealing her clit. Her body squirmed from his tongue as he pushed upwards, finding her nub, flicking at it quickly. Another moan came from her mouth and shortly thereafter a gasp. The king knew that once more with his tongue, and she would awaken, 
finding his head buried between her legs, experiencing the most intense pleasure she could possibly imagine. With more pressure, he licked upwards. As she moaned and gasped louder, her entire body jerked with pleasure and shock, all rolled into one. The king sucked her tiny clit in his mouth, his lips covering nearly all of her pussy. His tongue danced up and down, side to side, around in little circles, until he felt it swelling, getting larger and harder. He moaned satisfactorily as he felt her body responding to him. She squealed with delight as her entire lower body resonated from his moans. Sliding his tongue downwards between her swollen folds, he pushed his hardened tongue into her pussy. Her body jerked and spasmed at the unfamiliar intrusion. She rested her hands on his head, feeling how he moved up and down, her fingers becoming entwined in his soft blonde hair. Oh, she moaned, unable and unsure of what else to say or do. She watched as the king devoured her, making her body tingle and quiver. Her curiosity was quickly overcome by the incredible sensations she was feeling, and she raised her hips up higher. The king moaned louder as he slipped his tongue in and out of her. He loved how she curled his hair around her fingers, occasionally tugging at it when he tongued her in a certain way. Moving one hand up from her curvaceous backside, he pulled the protective hood back from her clit, rubbing it gently with his thumb. She squirmed at his touch, almost pulling away from him. The feelings were those she was completely unaccustomed to, but the king held her close. He was determined to make her feel the intensity of her orgasm again. Her hands clutched fistfuls of his hair as her body stiffened, her legs becoming rigid. Her back arched, and her entire body shuddered uncontrollably as waves of pleasure swept through her. The king didn't let up. He continued his oral onslaught, making her writhe and moan, keeping her from coming down from her euphoric state for as long as possible. The king watched as she jerked and spasmed, her moans turning to cries, her inexperienced body practically unable to endure the intensity of the pleasures he was giving her. Suddenly, her entire body went limp. Her hands fell from his head, her body slumping forwards. Gently laying her down, the king moved over her trembling body, kissing her passionately. "'My treasured naive love,' he whispered. "'Oh, my lord,' she gasped. "'I'm so ashamed.' "'Shush,' the king whispered. "'There's nothing to be ashamed of. "'Your reaction was perfectly natural.' Her face blushed, and she turned away from him. Turning her head back to look at him, the king said sternly, "'Don't turn away from me. "'I want you to see the pleasure you have brought me.' "'Yes, my lord. "'Forgive me,' she said. "'There is nothing to forgive,' the king replied, "'with a soft smile and gentle kiss.' Folding her arms around the king's neck, she pulled him down onto her. Wrapping her legs around his waist, she looked into his eyes. My lord, she whispered. She felt the end of his rock-hard shaft pushing against her again. Yes, she moaned, as she anticipated him entering her. Smiling at her, the king reached around himself and unwrapped her legs from his waist. He forced his arms beneath her and quickly rolled over. The speed in which he rolled over almost flung her body off him, but he managed to steady her. She looked down at the king giggling. He stared at her, pushing her into an upright sitting position, admiring every part of her. Resting his hands on her hips, he lifted her up, holding her above his throbbing cock for only an instant before slowly lowering her onto him. The king felt her body tense, as she was again taking him deep into her. Wanting to please her king, she lowered her hands, bracing herself on his chest. She closed her eyes and pushed herself down further, desperate to accommodate his cock. Sliding his hands up her body, he began to massage her breasts, gently manipulating her nipples, making them hard and pointy. "'You are so beautiful,' the king said quietly. Not replying verbally, she blushed a little. 
She leaned over and kissed him, her breasts crushing against his chest as he wrapped his arm around her. The king began to lift his hips up and down, his cock sliding in and out of her tight pussy. She moaned into his mouth, the pain and pleasure of such deep penetration almost too much to take. Her desire to stop the pain was quickly eradicated by her lust for more pleasure. She pushed back into him, taking more of his cock deeper inside her. Suddenly, she pulled away, leaning back and sitting upright atop the king's cock. She rocked her hips back and forth, her head falling back, her eyes closed as she rode him. Her body was shuddering and gyrating as she moved to and fro, her hands resting on his thighs, using them for leverage. The king laid beneath his beauty and watched her, captivated and completely mesmerised. Closing his eyes for just a second, the king felt his cock throbbing in anticipation of filling her once again with his seed. He heard her cry out, he opened his eyes to see her flailing about like a flag in the breeze. Her pussy was clamping tightly around his manhood, squeezing it, starting to milk him of his precious cum. The king thrust his hips upwards as he unleashed himself into her, their bodies racked with ecstasy. Slumping down onto the king, she gasped for air. Thank you, my lord, she stammered. She kissed his shoulders and his chest, her hands moving over him. With her breathing returning to normal, her body lay motionless on his. Waiting for a few moments to make sure she was completely asleep, the king lifted her off his body, wrapping her in a blanket as she slept. Gathering his clothes, he redressed and walked towards the window. Smiling to himself, the king peered outside the window, marvelling at the luminescent glow from the nearly full moon reflecting off the snow. Looking over at the candles, almost completely burnt out, the king realised his Christmas Eve had now become Christmas Day. He walked to the fireplace, tossing a few logs on the flames and glancing back towards the damsel he'd rescued from the snow. This Christmas would be one he'd never forget. The End The winter's here to stay Santa's on his way He's coming on his sleigh Can you hear the angels say Let's get sexy Come on, it's Christmas Let's get sexy You don't want to miss this Well, that was a bit of a surprise. Some significant deviations from the well-known Christmas carol, <laughs> you might say. Interesting factoid here. In the carol, Good King Wenceslas comes down on the Feast of Stevens, which is actually December the 26th, the second day of Christmas. And this story is set on Christmas Eve, which is two days earlier. I mean, that's far from the most egregious liberty that the author takes with this Christmas carol, but a strange thing to do nonetheless. Maybe that was a deliberate choice, though. Maybe they did that specifically, you know, take the first line of the carol and subvert it straight away so that there's no confusion that this is not the King Wenceslas that we are used to. This is a dirty King Wenceslas. <laughs> a King Wenceslas with a bad side. So in the Christmas Carol, and I'm just looking at the Wikipedia here, I'm not a huge carol singer, don't know all the, all the words to a good King Wenceslas, but from the Wikipedia, the story of the Christmas Carol is basically about a good and well-loved king going on a brave journey through the harsh winter snow to give alms to poor peasants on the day after Christmas. So he's out there basically doing charity work. He's essentially a good man, and actually is based on the story, on the real-life story, of St. Wenceslas I, the Duke of Bohemia. So he wasn't technically a king, but I think in the retelling for the Christmas Carol, king probably just had an, a nicer ring to it than duke. But in this saucy retelling, 
instead of giving out charity, Good King Wenceslas, as a tradition, goes around giving out his big old dick to the townspeople. Nothing more festive than a Christmas rape, is there? And it's not just one rape, usually, either, like it was this time. Normally, he's going from house to house, raping all the young women, and what a jolly boon for the townsfolk that must be. And so he's going on these raping sprees every year, and part of it seems to be that in his own mind, he's such a hunky and attractive king that the women are basically loving it, and he's doing the town a favour by going around and spreading his seed. And there's a sort of consent by virtue of his good looks and his benevolence as the ruling monarch. But there's also this weird sense that the families whose homes he's invading aren't really that bothered. You know, despite the fact that they've got to listen as the king is next door shagging their daughters, sisters, cousins, well within earshot. And in fact, there seems to be something that's almost gratifying for the king in knowing that the family will be listening, or at least that they're able to hear what's happening. Is that a common turn-on, I wonder, for people these days? I think that would make me quite self-conscious. I don't even really like it when, if you're round at a girl's place and you know that her housemates are in, and they could probably hear, like, bits of what's going on, let alone if the family, her mum and dad, are in the room next door. And at Christmas, it's not just going to be mum and dad, is it? It's, it's the whole extended family who are round for the festive season, listening to that bed frame creaking and the headboard banging against the wall. Presumably, though, most of the women in the town will have memories of their own time in the spotlight with the king. So maybe being made to have sex with the king while your family tries not to listen next door is not as taboo as it would be in real life in this sort of imaginary world. The king also does bring presents for the children, so that's kind of like the original carol. There is a sense that he's doing some charity, but it's quite transactional. And it definitely feels a bit like a rich and powerful man using his status and wealth to sexually exploit women. It's a tale as old as time. Actually, that must be quite a shock for a young woman. The Christmas when you go from being the child who gets the gifts to being the woman who gets taken into the back room with the king for a sacrificial fucking. I wonder what age that would be for this king. Is there a transition period where you're too young for gifts, but you're not yet old enough to be raped? It's a sort of Christmas purgatory of annually increasing anxiety about whether this year the king will decide that you look old enough to take next door. The more you look into this tradition, the more horrifying and gritty it becomes. It's like a lot of our stories, once you get into the subtext, things get dark quite quickly. I do quite like the idea, though, that everybody loves this king and that he is very handsome. I like the idea that all the servants in the castle have this mad crush on the king and they're always trying to tempt him into acting on his carnal impulses. <laughs> like the women who are showing off their cleavage as they spoon out potatoes, or that girl who accidentally drops a roll into the king's lap just so she can inadvertently cop a feel of his penis when she retrieves it. <laughs> I wonder if that is an objective reality. Or if that's just all in the king's head. Like his staff are just going about their normal duties, being dutiful but professional. Because the king's got this grandiose self-image of an irresistibly desirable ruler who everyone finds very attractive. Even innocent things like 
just being served potatoes becomes this act of sultry temptation and the king just sees it as like a sexual advance and then it's just like confirmation bias you know when the king acts on that false impression of the world and the girls don't resist because he's the king and they could be imprisoned or executed for not doing his bidding then that just confirms his mental self-image of being a sexy king who everyone wants to fuck Like, King Wenceslas could be a prisoner of a false mental reality which is maintained by his own ego and just others' willingness to placate him. Maybe he's living in an alternate reality. It would be great if we had a scene with the servants sort of behind closed doors, away from the king, when we get an idea of what's actually going on with them. Maybe there's a bit of gossip. One thing I thought during that scene at the dinner table is, like, how realistic is the idea of eating a large meal, like a Christmas dinner, while being filleted under the table? Even if you could get past the distraction of eating all that rich, delicious food and still maintain an erection, could you come with a mouthful of turkey? I don't think I could. Additionally, with all the blood that's in the king's enormous 9 by 7 inch penis, that is quite big, you know. I assume that's circumference, like all the way around, rather than a sort of straight measurement of the width. Because that would be quite a chode, wouldn't it, if it was (laughs) 9 by 7, almost like a rectangular penis. But even so, that's a penis that requires a lot of blood to be erected. Blood which should probably be going to work in the digestive system, where it needs to be to process all that nutrition... Frankly, he's asking for a nasty case of indigestion. Did they have Rennie in those days? I doubt it. It's mental how much semen the men in these stories are able to produce. That servant under the table swallows mouthful after mouthful of cum. So King Wenceslas is able to produce mouthfuls, plural. I'm sure that in the real world it does vary between individuals, and I'd imagine it also depends on maybe how long it's been since you last ejaculated, but I'm sure I remember learning in school that it's about a tablespoon on average. I know he's a king, so maybe you could make an allowance for him having sort of slightly bigger balls than average, but mouthfuls. (laughs) Just think for a second how much liquid is in a mouthful. I'm going to Google that just quickly. Okay, so the average human mouth can hold 4.22 ounces or 125 millilitres of liquid. That is an obscene amount of cum that she's having to put away. That's like half a pint of semen. I think it's safe to say the king's not the only one getting indigestion this evening. It's a bit weird the way the story ends, I thought. There's no real narrative arc, is there? I half got the sense that the woman who's brought in from the snow is maybe the one to break the king's apathy about relationships. Like, it mentions that the king's never found anyone who he was sort of particularly interested in making a long-term commitment to, and then this story is almost like maybe this is how he found the one. (laughs) But that's never explicitly stated, even though it would only have been a case of maybe a couple of sentences at the end of the story. It's a bit of an awkward how-we-met story, though, isn't it? What do you say about how you first met? What do you tell your parents? Or what do you tell people at dinner parties? What's going to go down in the historical record of this king's deeds? Well, he saved me from freezing to death, but then he did rape me. So, I guess that's what historians are for, though, to tidy up all those gory details. Then again, the story doesn't explicitly state that this woman is going to be the future queen. And to be objective about it, the woman is never given her own name in the story which is maybe a bit of a telling detail that she's not actually that important to the king. 
It's hard to work out how important the king feels this woman is. Because in one sense, he does rape her. I mean, that is clearly a sign of disrespect. But then he does show more restraint than we're led to believe he would usually do. I like that before he rapes her, he describes having this moment of compassion where he goes against his instincts and doesn't stick his penis in her while she's passed out, like he normally would do. That's his compassion, to not rape her immediately. He's still going to rape her, obviously, but he nobly decides to cut her clothes open with a kitchen knife and feel her up a bit first. And he knows it's wrong, too, because he gets up and he locks the door so that none of the servants will walk in on him molesting somebody who's passed out from extreme hypothermia. It's funny how authors feel the need to describe the shape of women's breasts as being round, as opposed to what? Square breasts? Rhomboid breasts? Triangular? I know there are some that are more pointy than others, but they're basically all roundish. I'm not going to Google it, but I wonder if there are breasts out there that are more angular than they are round. If that exists, then there's probably a whole corner of the internet devoted to it. One of the moments I found the most uncomfortable to read was the moment where she wakes up sort of in the king's clutches, her top's all ripped open and he's groping her breasts. And I think that's quite a sad moment, really, especially when she's sort of trying to fight him off and she's just completely overpowered by his strength. And she has this awful moment where she realises that she's just she's not going to be able to resist him, that she's trapped and there's nothing that she can do about it. And that just feels like such a traumatic and awful place to find yourself. And in that moment, she just has to decide to give up fighting and go along with what's happening because that just feels like the only way that she can hope to survive the encounter. She doesn't want to go along with it. She would prefer to fight and get away from this guy who's about to rape her but she just realizes she's powerless so her choices are basically go along with it and get raped or try and fight the king off get beaten up and then get raped so she has to make this awful decision to go along with it for her own safety and it's so weird to me that the author chooses to say that she's giving into her own desires in that moment, when I'd say it's more like it's giving into his desires. And I wonder why do they write it like that? It feels like a way to kind of excuse the king's violence, almost like she wanted it all along and she just needed some encouragement to open up to the experience. I wonder who's that concession for? Is it for male readers so they don't have to feel bad about enjoying the story and imagining themselves in the king's shoes? Or is it more for female readers who have a bit of a fetish about being dominated in this way. I do get the sense that, unlike in Death is a Beautiful Blonde, this is a story with an appeal for women as well as men. After all, this story is written by a woman. Presumably, Miss Jane is a woman. And actually, if you look at their bio, which I've just done, there is a picture of their tits on there. So I think it is likely that it's a woman. We do also get a reasonable amount of description of the woman's pleasure as well as the king's, and he isn't an entirely selfish lover in the way that Bam Barkley was. I mean, if we dismiss the non-consensuality of the scenario, it's actually quite a thoughtful encounter. The king makes her come first, and he gives her time to catch her breath afterwards. Although, quick note from the edit, I tripped over my words on that line and actually said catch her breasts. (laughs) So that was supposed to be catch her breath. He also spoons her afterwards, all night long, in his big, strong arms, and he spends most of the morning eating her out. So I don't get the sense that this story views the king as a bad guy. 
And I wonder if maybe we could understand the lack of consent in this story within the context of it being written in 2005, when I think there was much more of a grey area surrounding the issue. At least, that was kind of an impression I got at the time. I mean, I was only 15, and I wouldn't be having sex for like another four years, so I'm not exactly an expert on relationships of the period. But I do think that things have advanced significantly since then in the way that we talk about consent. The other very 2005 thing about this story is the way the author uses the word literally to describe things that are actually happening metaphorically. Like when they say that the king's eyes were literally burning into hers, he doesn't suddenly have laser vision. And I think that would have been obvious then, and knowing the context, it still is now. But because that phrase has fallen out of fashion a bit in the decades since then, it literally stands out like a sore thumb when reading it. In the same way, I think the lack of consent in this story, which absolutely feels wrong and rapey in a post-Me Too movement world, it probably wouldn't have had quite the same vibe at the time the story was written. I think it's even possible that the king might have been viewed as just a little bit of a naughty perv through a pair of 2005 glasses, rather than the out-and-out -out rapist he comes across as in 2023. I did think it was a fun story though, even if some of the things in it are a bit outdated by modern standards. Obviously I'm making a conceited effort to read into the subtext, in a way that you probably wouldn't if you were reading this to just have yourself a little wank. But let's have a look at what some of the people reading it at the time thought, some of the commenters. There are seven comments, and most of them are from 18 years ago. Uh, there's only one that's more recent, that's from three years ago. We'll start with one from Scribbledy Hobble. <laughs> that's a great username. He says, nicely done, very amusing, though I would make a suggestion for future stories. It would be nice to give crooked interpretations to innocent lines in the poem. For example, Heat was in the very sod which the saint had printed becomes the king spreading warmth and seed to the maidens who are desolate for their husbands away at war. But nice work, carefully done. That's an interesting point. I guess they're saying that what the author could have done is taken individual lines from the actual Christmas carol and parodied them directly. So I'm guessing that that line from the poem is it was in the very sword which the saint had printed. <laughs> and they're saying that that could become willfully misinterpreted as the king having sex with the female townsfolk. But actually, I don't think that that line really works for the alternate meaning there. I think the line, heat was in the very sod which the saint had printed, is about the bit where good King Wenceslas's page is becoming tired and exhausted, and so he saves energy by stepping in the footprints that the king has left as he leads the way. And I don't know how that would be translated into a line about the king going on his annual festive raping spree. There's an anonymous comment that says simply, Very erotic and sensual. Fantastic job and well written. I loved every word. Good luck in the contest. Oh, I should mention, Literotica does a yearly contest for erotic Christmas stories. And I suppose this one must have been entered. I wonder if it was a winner. Let's just have a little look here. Oh no, okay, it wasn't a winner. The competition winners have a special badge on the story that says competition winner. So unfortunately this one didn't win, but it is a good story. Sack says, certainly original, dot dot dot, well thought out and conceived, good luck in the contest. Selena Kitt says, erotic Christmas carols, I love your take and twist on this, one of my favourite Christmas carols, without which we probably never would have remembered good old King Wenceslas. I might not have used common slang slash vernacular, for example pussy slash cock, in a period piece, but otherwise really enjoyed it. 
<laughs> I hadn't thought of that, actually. Those words are a bit out of place, aren't they? And what? how, how long ago is this set? Wenceslas I, Duke Wenceslas I of Bohemia, was alive between 907 BC. No, not BC. <laughs> 907 AD and either 935 or 29. So there's a bit of debate about when exactly they died. So yeah, I think terms like cock and pussy are probably not period. <laughs> for that particular period. <laughs> That's an interesting point, though. What would you use instead? What's the equivalent of cock and pussy from that era? Okay, so this is not an easy question to answer, because at that time, writing wouldn't have been in English. It would have been in Latin, and I don't even have a basic understanding of the Latin language. So... I I really am just relying on Wikipedia here, which says mentula is the basic word for penis. And there's loads of variations here. I'm not going to go through them all. And for vulva, it's cunus, which actually, I guess, is still sort of in use. Although actually, now I've just done a tiny bit of further reading. <laughs> Apparently, that even though it is similar to cunt, it's likely that the two words developed from completely different roots. So, sound similar, but not necessarily related. So I think it would have been very difficult for the author to have used accurate slang or vernacular. And to be honest, if you're going to use period accurate terminology for penis and vagina, then where does it stop? Do you do your whole story in Latin or Old English? I think it's fine to take a bit of artistic license. And to me, at least, it didn't stick out like a sore thumb when reading the story. Those words didn't seem out of place. So an interesting point by Selena Kitt, but I don't think I fully agree with them. And I don't even think it's really possible to comply with their wishes. I don't think they really understand what they're asking for. I mean, technically, King Wenceslas is a bohemian king. Well, he's a bohemian duke, but I mean, what is the bohemian language? Even if we had this story written in Old English... If you've ever tried reading Chaucer in its original or some untranslated Shakespeare stuff, it can be quite a challenge to become immersed in the narrative when you have to spend a lot of time and effort just working out what individual words are supposed to mean. A comment from Phantom71 says, Loved it. Just as good as all the comments say it is. All your stories are so erotic and sensual. That's a nice comment. Unsung Muse says, Nice work. So creative. A pleasure to read. Best of luck in the contest. We now know that they didn't win, unfortunately, so despite the well-wishing, luck was not on their side. Flash forward 15 years, and our most recent comment from an anonymous, they say, Excellent storytelling. This is a well-written romantic tale set in the past, which gives it a special mood and makes it a delight to read. Written in the classical third-person past-tense style, it draws the reader into a charming world of long ago. The romantic scenes are too few and too brief when compared to the plot, but apart from that, this is a fine story. However, it should have been categorised into romance and not erotic couplings. <laughs> wow, that was written like a proper review, or almost like something you might find on the inside cover of a hardback. I mean, until it started becoming critical. I wonder what response from the author they would find 
satisfying. If Miss Jane got back in touch and said, oh yes, you're quite right, let me recategorize it and change all the tags and, and all that kind of stuff. If they would feel that they'd done their duty, if they would feel vindicated, we'll never know. If you have enjoyed this story, then I urge you, please, head over to literotica.com, search for Miss Jane as an author. They've got about 10 different stories on their profile, so plenty in the back catalogue to enjoy. So I don't know if they're still checking their account, but even if they're not, I think it's nice to leave a comment, rate the stories, give them a 5 out of 5. It's always nice to share positive feedback with people who put effort into writing things, just out of the goodness of their hearts. What could be more Christmassy than that? If you've enjoyed this podcast, then consider it my Christmas gift to you. And I hope that you'll like it, that you'll rate it 5 out of 5, subscribe to the podcast, and share it with other people who you think might enjoy this erotic Christmas gift. Maybe you're struggling for ideas of what to give Nana. Maybe Uncle Bill's invited himself over for Christmas dinner this year, and you haven't had a gift prepared. Well, why not give them both the gift of erotic entertainment? Just a suggestion. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back next week with another erotic Christmassy tale. Until then, I wish you a season's greetings, a wonderful, peaceful week, and a goodbye. The winter's here to stay. Santa's on his way. He's coming on his sleigh. Can you hear the angels say? Let's get sexy. Come on, it's Christmas. Let's get sexy. You don't want to miss this. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, your Christmas episode. Like and subscribe and then download a festive tale of Christmas cheer. A sexy way to end the year. Let's get sexy, come on, it's Christmas. Let's get sexy, you don't want to miss this. Let's get sexy, come on, it's Christmas. Let's get sexy, you don't want to miss this. Everyone except the young woman he fancied and took her. <laughs> <laughs>